Greetings, Team Adilam. Happy New Year. We're back. We're back. Man, we have really missed being able to come and teach God's word, which is the thing that I love to do the most. So I'm really happy to be back. And uh, this is going to be a really good year, guys. It's going to be a good year for, um, in terms of the things that we want to be able to learn and the things that we're going to learn this year, it's going to be really, really dope. Um, this year, one of the things that we're going to be doing, not one of the, th well, yeah, one of the things, but one, a key thing that we're going to be doing throughout uh, this year, especially in regards to teaching, is that we're going to be looking at the books, um, uh, the New Testament books from the book of Acts moving forward. So um, it's going to be dope, man. It's going to be dope. So I'm really excited about that, that we're going to be doing a bunch of books. We're going to start from the book of Acts. So we're going to start from the book of Acts um, from uh, next week. Next week, we're going to start uh, the book of Acts. But uh, for today, for today, I have... Uh, just a one-off message that I feel like is 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 a message that 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 God gave to me on um, a few weeks ago, specifically I think it was 12th of January, um, where He gave me a message um, and He spoke to me, and and the thing that 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 um, that God said to me is that He said, um, uh, "Live your life at My feet." Um, that's 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 the word that he he spoke to me at that time. Live your life at my feet, and you know the first thing that I thought of when I when I went and wrote that down in, in my journal is I, I thought of this the story of uh, uh, Mary and Martha. I'm sure many of you uh, know about that story, the story of Mary and Martha, right? Um, now the the Mary that I'm talking about this is the Mary from. The, what they call her the Mary of Bethany. The reason why they have to, you know, give that distinction is because um, there's very many Marys in the Bible, as you notice. Mary was a very popular name. It's like uh, Jerry or what's another? Wamboi or Anyango. Uh, it's a very, you know, a name that Mwangi, right? That's, that's the name Mary. So a lot of people had the name Mary. It was, you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus. There was um, uh, there's also Mary Magdalene. Uh, so a lot of times people confuse the Mary of Bethany with Mary Magdalene. Uh, Mary Magdalene was um, the, the this this is one of the you know the, the baller uh, chicks uh, babes in the Bible who uh, actually it says that they would they, they were supporting Jesus's ministry out of their own means. Right. This is Mary Magdalene. Um, whom Jesus had cast out seven demons from her, then it says that they uh, supported Jesus through their own means, the ministry, financially. Um, which is kind of interesting, actually, uh, when you think about it. Like, it's probably the same thing that happens today, right? In terms of uh, the fact that it's mostly women who support the ministry, just like they did back then in Jesus' time. It's the same thing today, where the people who support the ministry the most uh, are women. So the people who are supporting Jesus' ministry were women. So that's the Mary Magdalene, the one who saw Jesus, um, uh, the first to see Jesus when he resurrected. But that's not the Mary we're talking about. The, 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 we're talking about, you know, Mary of Bethany and, and, and Martha. And these, the, the Mary, Mary and, uh, and, and Martha were sisters to, to, to uh, Lazarus, right? Lazarus, the one who was raised from the dead. But specifically today, 
you know, when God gave me this word, you know, live your life at my feet, you know, the first, like I mentioned, the first thing I thought of was Mary and Martha. But as I continued to study this story, one of the things that, I re- that, 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 that really stood out to me was, was, was Mary specifically in regards to how she lived her life at the feet of Jesus. Um, and I want us to be able to look at, at, at three portions of scripture that will, will allow us to be able to look deeply into how Mary lived her life at the foot, uh, at Jesus' feet, right? I want us to look at this, this, these three portions of scripture. And um, so the first one is um, Luke 10, 38 to 41. Huh? Let's, let's read that. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. The next scripture we're going to read is John 11, 17 to 36. It says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the, resurre- in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she came back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Then the next one is John 12, 1 to 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, as keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume 
for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Now, here's the thing. There are three things that I think we can learn from Mary about living at Jesus' feet. Right? There's three things that we can learn from Mary. And the first thing is this. At his feet, Mary went to learn. At his feet, Mary went to learn. That's the first thing. Now, here's the thing. You know, Jesus, you know, when he rocks up to, to Martha's house, you know, he's here with his entourage, his squad. Not only of the 12 disciples, one of the things that we see earlier in this, in this chapter is that now there's another 72 who have gone out, right? Who had gone out to declare the gospel uh, of, of the kingdom. And so the thing is, is that Jesus is ruling with a squad, right? And he rocks up. Uh, to Bethany and Bethany Martha decides to host this entourage that Jesus uh, with Jesus now at this point in time Jesus has an entourage is because he's incredibly popular right the guy is famous man at this point in time the guy had been doing so many exploits that everyone knew about him including even the religious elders and so the fact that he was coming into this home and even as you see Martha referring to him as Lord it's because he held that status. And so this is not just a Naka guy who's coming to the house. This is a very dignified guest who is rocking up into her home. And of course, because of that, there have to be preparations that have to be made. And so Martha begins to basically prepare to have this uh, squad of, 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 of uh, Jesus' squad in, in, her, in her home. But here's another thing that's interesting is that a lot of theologians... Um, point to the fact that, that they, 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 they believe that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were actually well, a well-to-do family, right? That they came from a well-to-do background. And we see this represented in the death of Lazarus, where there are so many people that come to mourn with this family, right? Which means that this was someone who was somewhat dignified within the community, right? Not only that, you also realize that that story that we read later where Mary poured some very expensive perfume, right? Very expensive perfume. Um, and so they, there's a lot of indications that these theologians come and say that based on this, this whole uh, thing, that how this was set up, is that they probably were from a well-to-do family. And so Martha, who is hosting Think about it visually in the sense that when we say hosting, don't think of her sitting in the kitchen by herself. Think of her as being the person who is the, 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 the head of that home, but at the same time has servants who are helping to be able to prepare this, 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 this meal and this thing that they're doing for, for Jesus, right? And his entourage. So, of course, there's a lot of preparation that has to be made, right? And of course... She's not trying to be that person who botches the dinner. You know, that, that it's like guys come and they're like, hey man, it's jaribu. you know what I mean? So this is kind of a really, really big deal that Jesus is coming into her home. And so she is just as equally prepared, okay? And the thing is, is that Mary knew this, her sister, right? Mary knew how important this was, Right? So there are many times when we look at this story of Mary and Martha, we look at it like the sense of like Martha was working, Mary was, she chose the better thing. But when you think about it, like when you think about the context of what's going on at this point, it's like there's a lot of stuff going on, there's a lot of preparations to be made, right? But here's the thing that's so interesting is that we have to also recognize that Martha wasn't doing these things because she's just a busybody. Martha loved Jesus. She loved him, right? 
This is partly why she was probably going out of her way to do this, right? And on top of that, she kind of strikes you as being an incredibly diligent person. That's the reason why even when you look at the thing that we were talking about in John 12, where Martha served, Martha was serving, right? She was serving while Jesus was at the table and Lazarus was at the table, the time when Mary came with the oil. Martha was also serving. So she's, she's a diligent person, right? And so the thing is also, if you asked anybody at that time, it was what was expected of her. It was expected of her as the host to make sure that she was involved in the preparations of this thing that was happening. But then here's the thing that's so interesting, right? Is that Mary, her sister, was someone that was really different, truly special. I mean, she was completely unapologetic about her fierce devotion to Jesus Christ. That even in the place where, number one, first and foremost, it says that she was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. That first and foremost, for her to just be seated at his feet, to be seated at the feet of a rabbi, that was the reserve of disciples. So I, can, I, I presume that most of these guys must have been looking at her just being like, why is this babe here? Right? So first and foremost, her seated at his feet already was something that was incredibly unconventional. And I'm sure the guys there were side-eyeing her. But not only that, the fact that she was a woman, and at this point in time that they have come to her sister's home, and she is not there helping her sister with the preparations, I'm sure everyone there must have been like, man, look at this unruly babe, right? Who would even help her sister out in the kitchen, right? And furthermore, has the audacity to sit at Jesus' feet like one of his disciples, right? And so by the time Martha is coming to voice her frustration, it's a combination of all those things in one. First, she couldn't be sat there at his feet because it was bad manners. And second, she wasn't helping her sister. Instead, she was there seated at his feet, listening to his words. So number one, she's seated in a place that she should not be seated. But secondly, she's not helping her sister to be able to make preparations for this big thing that is happening within their home. And so Martha comes and asks Jesus, right? Which is a, you know, with a very leading question. Do you not care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Don't you care, Jesus? Don't you care? You don't care about this, Jesus? You don't care that I'm the one who has to do all the work for you to host you and all your homies? And my sister is just sitting there listening to you? And Jesus' response is so deeply profound. Because what he does is that he does not condemn Martha. He does not say to Martha that you're doing something wrong. But instead what he does is that he commends Mary. And he says that Mary has chosen the better thing. He actually says to her, not even just, he says, he says Martha, Martha, which is basically like saying, my dear Martha. Basically to show her that actually I do care. I do care about you. So, dear Martha, I want you to know something. That you're concerned about many, many things. But what Mary has done is that Mary has chosen the thing that is most important. Not to say that the thing that you're doing is not important. But she says that she has chosen the better thing. Not the good thing. And that one is a bad thing. The better thing. Right? And that the thing that was most needed, Mary had found it, right? That to be at his feet is the most important place to be. But not only that, 
that she was there listening to his words, right? Now, here's the thing. What can we learn from this story? This is the thing, right, about living our lives at the feet of Jesus, is that the, a great gift that you can give to yourself this year isn't just some new ambitious goal about how you can be able to get a new house or be able to make uh, a lot of money in Jesus' name, you know, and, and be able to acquire whatever it is that you need to acquire. A great gift that you can give to yourself this year is to choose to learn from Jesus. It says that she sat at the Lord's feet listening to, listening to what he said. Listening to what he said. And Jesus says of her that she has chosen the most important thing which will never be taken from her. I believe that when Jesus is inviting us to live at his feet, what he's doing is that he's inviting us to what I'm calling a merry year. He's inviting us into a deeper place, the place that will affect every other place in your life. And so the thing is, is that when we understand that Mary chose against all odds to be seated at his feet, the question is this, and the thing that I, I want to put out to you is, would, this, would you consider this year intentionally seeking out time, intentionally seeking out to take time to study God's word? Mary was intentional about sitting at his feet to listen to him. This wasn't by chance because every single thing around her opposed this. This wasn't like, a tea, oh, there's nothing else I should be doing. Let me just chill here. She very intentionally went and sat at his feet. Very intentionally. And even still then when people were coming and there was so much opposition against her doing this, it says that Jesus says of her that she has chosen the better thing, the important thing, the thing that will never be taken away from her. And she did all this in spite of all other pressing priorities that were pushing her to leave his feet and get preoccupied with stuff. Against all those odds, she chose to sit at his feet and listen to his words. I mentioned to you earlier that this, this year we're going to be looking at a lot of New Testament books, beginning from the book of Acts, right? So meaning that this year what we're going to be doing is that we're going to be diving into his word and we're going to be looking at the books of the Bible, right? And so the thing is that I encourage you to do the same, that I, you know, that I said we're starting with the book of Acts, that maybe you could begin there as well. But the goal is this, right? The goal is that would you intentionally, against all odds, which include your feelings and your own my things, oh, I don't have time, I don't have whatever, would you, like Mary, intentionally seek to spend time studying God's word this year? Intentionally doing it. One of the things that I discovered um, based on this um, and, 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 and being intentional about living at the feet of Jesus to learn from him, like Mary did, is that there are times where I'd, you know, I'd be going for a run and I'd put on, I, didn't, I never used to do this, I've always been accustomed to reading the Bible. Um, and then finally I discovered the ability to actually have the audio um, 
that you can have on the Bible app. There's a way that you can actually just put on some headphones and listen listen to scripture, which to me has been incredibly amazing in being able to like consume God's word. But the whole point is this, is that what Mary is showing us about this word that God gave me, live your life at my feet, is that she went to his feet to learn from him, to listen to him. And I pray that we would do the same this year, that we would come with intentionality in being able to spend time studying God's word. Amen? The second thing is this. The second lesson that we can learn from Mary is that at his feet, she went to find comfort. It says here that when Mary reached the place, this is another story about Lazarus, reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, Listen to that again. She fell at his feet and said, just before I continue, remember Martha, when she came to Jesus, didn't fall at his feet. But Mary, when she saw him, she said, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And it says that when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. The thing that is so interesting is this. When Jesus saw her weeping, it says that he was deeply moved. Yet, he knew just in a few moments, he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. He was literally just in a few moments about to raise her brother from the dead. Yet it says that he was deeply moved when he saw her weeping. The thing that's so amazing about this whole this, this story is that, you know, though our Savior is indeed our Savior, though our Redeemer is surely our Redeemer, the thing that is so interesting about this story is that you recognize that he feels our pain. That he carries it with him, even though he knows that he is the one who will heal us and he's the one who will redeem us. That even through that knowledge, that he was just about to raise his, his the brother from the dead. So he's just like, yeah, you guys don't worry about this, I got this. No, he was deeply moved. He felt their pain. And so when she went to him to find comfort, she did. She found a savior who weeps with her. She found a savior who understood her grief and pain. You know, in Psalm 62, verse 5 to 8, it says, Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him. For God is our refuge. What we can take away from this story and something that I would want us to consider this year is that would you consider that before you go to your friends and to others with your problems and your mashidas, would you talk to Jesus first? What I'm saying is this. is I'm not saying that it's, there's anything wrong with talking to people. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is this, is that do you understand that you have a savior? who empathizes with you, who recognizes your pain 
and whom you can confide in. And so, just like Mary, would we go to his feet and cast our burdens upon him, our cares, as it says here, pour out our hearts to him, that we would begin to spend time in prayer, casting our cares upon him, talking to our Savior, telling him all the things that are troubling us, right? That would we make it a habit to take things up with him, that before you are here reacting or whatever it is, that we would literally consider going to him with our cares and our burdens. The Bible says that we cast our anxiety upon him because he cares for us, because he cares for us. And so the ideas that you have, the concerns that you have, the fears that you have, your ambitions, talk to Jesus. Talk to him about these things. Live your life at his feet. Amen? Tell him things. Lastly, at his feet, she went to worship with the best of what she had. In that story where she went and anointed Jesus' feet with very expensive perfume, Jesus was just chilling, seated there with Lazarus, her brother. Mary, Martha was serving. And here comes Mary, again, doing something that I'm sure the guys around, all of them side-eyeing her. And sure enough, they did. And she pours this expensive perfume on Jesus' feet, anointing his feet with this perfume, this oil, and wiping this, Jesus' feet with her hair. Again, here it is, we find her again, Mary at his feet, worshipping him with something that was of great value. Right? What's thing that's also interesting is that it's so amazing to see how that in both instances, if you remember in the first story where they're at Martha's house and in this story where they're in Simon the leper's house, is that the thing that's so interesting about these two stories is that in both times, it's Jesus that comes to her defense. You never see Martha, sorry, Mary responding. It is Jesus who consistently comes and stands up for her every single time. And the thing is, she poured something that was very costly. I couldn't find any cultural significance in regards to why she chose to wipe his feet with her hair. Because I thought maybe there was something significant about that. But it turns out that that's actually something quite unconventional, right? In terms of the fact that this was such a huge sign of humility. A huge sign of humility. This is my interpretation of it. That it was an expression of worship of gratitude, of servitude. This is the Jesus who had literally just in the previous chapter raised her brother from the dead, right? And so you can imagine the level of gratitude that was there to be able to go to his feet, to pour oil and to wipe that with her hair, right? Feet are not very clean things. But for her to go there and express that level of worship, that level of humility, that level of servitude. And so the thing is this. Here she is in the presence of the king of kings, worshipping him with the best that she has. And little did she know that the simple gesture that she had done 
was in preparation of Christ's great victory over death, that the thing that she was doing was so significant to him. It was so significant to Jesus. It was something that was of great significance to him that he was just about to die on the cross. And so this gesture was so deep because he was like, you guys don't understand what she is doing for me. Right? But the thing that is most important is that she came to worship Jesus with something that was of great worth to her and to all those that were in that room. That they all looked and they were just like, my goodness, how could she have done that with this oil? Just pouring it out on him. It's like this was something of great value that brought about conflict in that room. Right? Now here's the thing where where I think I want to land this. Is that when we think about in this day and age what is of great value to us, the thing that is of great value to us in this day and age is our time. Time is something that we can never recover back. Time is something that is incredibly valuable. One of the things that Jesus, when he resurrected, told his disciples, he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Jesus also says to his disciples that whatever you do for the least of these, you do unto me. And so the thing that I want to put to you is this, in terms of being able to live your life at his feet, is that would you consider worshipping Jesus by doing something that involves the most valuable thing we have, which is our time? And my suggestion to you is this, that would we consider this year, would we consider that this year that we would disciple just one, one other person this year? That would you consider giving your time to a young man or a young woman and walking the journey of life and faith with them this year? The thing is this, if you pray and you ask God, to reveal to you someone or to tell you who this person is or to bring you someone that you can do this with, he will do it and he will reveal that person to you. That's the great place to start, by the way. Obedience is our greatest worship. And Jesus says, if you love me, you will do that which I say. The thing that truly, truly pleases Jesus is when we accomplish that which he has commissioned us to do, to make disciples of all nations, teaching them, to obey. All those things take time. And so my thing that I want to be able to come and, 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 and implore you that you would consider this year is that you would take just one other person, one person, and offer your time to intentionally disciple them this year. You know, the thing is, you may think that you don't know enough or that you aren't put together enough to do this, but ignore all those thoughts. Those are, those are not from Jesus. Those are not Jesus' thoughts. They have not come from the Father. What I'm asking you today to do is to step out in faith and ask Jesus to point you to someone that you can walk with. It is very difficult to grow in your faith walk without fellowship. So the thing is, would you pray and ask God to guide you to someone that you can walk with? One of the most beautiful things about discipleship is that it's a two-way street. That even as you begin to disciple others, 
that there is so much benefit that you get from the other person and that other person gets from you. That exchange is, 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 is a beautiful thing. Same thing, like my mentors, you know, benefit from me as much as I benefit from them. Same thing as those who I mentor, they, I benefit from them as much as they benefit from me. This is how God works. The exchange is an incredible thing. And here's the thing, right? Is that would we consider investing one of our most valuable assets, which is our time, and actually just choose to disciple just one person this year? That's it. Now, the thing that is so interesting as I close is this, is to recognize one thing. In all the times that Mary was at his feet, it was intentional on her part. This is what she chose to do. She chose to go and sit at his feet and listen to him. When she came before him, when her brother had passed away, she went to his feet weeping. And when she came to worship him, she went to his feet to worship him with the best of what she had. The Lord is calling us through his word, that the word that he spoke, to live our lives at his feet. And so the thing is, would you consider the things that I've put out to you today for this year, that you would choose intentionally like Mary to live your life at his feet, to learn from him by intentionally seeking to study God's word, by being able to intentionally go to him with your burdens and with your cares and confiding in him through prayer. And third thing, that would you be willing to invest your most valuable asset, which is your time, in discipling one other person. Amen. Friends, this is a merry year. I pray that we'd live life at his feet. Amen. Let me pray. King of heaven, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your light. Uh, we thank you for this new year, Father. For you are the one who has carried us to this point. Father, I pray that this word would touch everyone who's listening and that they would be a faithful servant and that they would do as they have had. That they would not just be a hearer but a doer of your word. May you guide them, may you lead them for all those who will make the decision to disciple another. I pray, Father, that you would point them in the direction of who you desire that they would disciple them and walk with through this journey of faith. You are the one who enlightens us. You're the one who guides us. You're the one who leads us. You're the one who fills us with your spirit and gives us the ability to do your will. So we commit ourselves before you, trusting and believing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to come. Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Listen, if this message blessed you, please be sure to share with someone whom you love. Share it with a friend, a colleague, anyone. And then also, listen, support us. Support this ministry so that we can be able to make more dope content and be able to spread this message of the kingdom to as many people as possible. And then, make sure that you subscribe. Sawa, subscribe. Subscribe, wherever the button, subscribe, subscribe.
God bless you guys.